Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Welcome to this week's episode of People First. And my exciting guest is Susie Tomanchok, who works with individuals and organizations to amplify their strengths, unleash their negotiation guru for increased personal and professional success. Who wouldn't want a bit of that? She believes that when people learn how to use negotiation strategies every day, they create more opportunities and walk away with a win when it matters most. Susie learned negotiation skills on the job. She worked in a Fortune 20 company for the majority of her career, where she led a sales team responsible for a portfolio of business valued at $80 million annually. She really knows her stuff. Her clients include media companies like ESPN, Discovery, Viacom, NBC, CBS, Scripps, and A&E. You like the uh, letters and initials there, Susie. Oh, that's true. That's funny. (laughs) Well, welcome (laughs) to People First. I am so excited to explore your career journey and learn more about how we can all negotiate and learn negotiation, but without manipulation. But let's go back to the beginning, my friend. So, Susie, when you were at elementary school or a young girl and the teacher said, Susie, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your answer? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I have to be honest, and the teachers probably hated me because I wa- always wanted to be a performer. I always wanted to be a singer and mm-hmm. be on stage. And maybe it was just, you know, that whole hairbrush in the mirror was my only experience. But that I think that's really what I wanted to do. That's such an interesting question because it just – it does inspire where you end up going. And do you sing now or is it only in the shower and in the car? Uh, yeah, right now it's it's basically in those arenas. Um, okay. But I do still have such a love for being in front of people, but more from a, how can I inspire people to be better Um, whatever that means. So, All right. Well, tell me about the pivot point then, because as I shared in the introduction, you've had a long and highly successful corporate career before now pivoting into being an executive coach and helping others to elevate their leadership impact. But you led a sales team, 80 million a year. What was the pivot then from music, a budding and aspiring musician to corporate America? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's inspired. Yes. Uh, you know, I, that's a, I often ask that question of people kind of what have been those, what were those inflection points for them? And I think for me, a, a little bit of it was, I always want to be challenged. And when I felt like I was kind of at the end or I've done all that I can do, I wanted to move on to something else. I love change. So after I left uh, the big company I worked for, I worked in that same area and, and worked for a startup. So I, I had a lot of variety. I liked that experience of learning the business through the lens of those uh, journeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really interesting to me. And then I just remember I got to a point, I, I remember people saying, when you get to this age, I just feel so much better in my skin. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're just rationalizing being old. But now I find myself at that age and <laughs> I'm like, oh, I feel so good about where I am and what my purpose is. And even though people had always told me 
I can see things in people and really help them see that for themselves in a way that they can hear. I um, believe it. And I'm like, gosh, why did it take me so long to finally believe that? And so that's my inspiration for others. I want to get that confidence in them earlier where I didn't fully embrace it until my later years. <laughs> so how has that influenced how you're showing up then as a leader for those people that you're working with, when you compare that with how you showed up as a leader in your previous incarnations? I think I have such a great role because I come from the outside and I don't have an internal bias or a, um, you know, a, an ulterior motive. I don't mean everybody does, but sometimes you can't see your world without, you know, with objectivity. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I can look at it and, and inspire or coach people from that lens feels more impactful to me because mm -hmm. they can fully be vulnerable and they trust me to give them the information they need to really accelerate and feel good about where they are. So I love being able to be that agent or that silent partner for them. Oh, it's that catalyst for change. And as you say, the impartial outside-in perspective that we can bring to a coaching engagement that helps somebody else to see through what might have been cloudy and holding them back, mm -hmm. the path that helps them to elevate and get to that next level, whatever their definition of level is. Yeah, and having somebody from the outside to just, you will listen better. You will listen because they don't have that agenda. And so that cloudiness can, can open up quicker so yeah. that you, because my, my agenda is them. My agenda is to make them better. So it is different. And that is a, a powerful starting point. Now, I know that your passion is also about helping us all to recognize that we are negotiating every day mm -hmm. and to elevate our confidence and capability when it comes to negotiation. So can you give us some examples of how we are all negotiating? And then I'd also like to understand in your experience, what are some of the common mistakes and challenges that you either hear or observe others making? Yeah, I often hear people say, oh, I know we negotiate all the time. But there are times that we don't even realize that we uh, negotiation is happening around us. So some of the times that we, you know, negotiate with ourselves, like the those things that we tell ourselves, even when we make a decision or we're going into a conversation, we don't prepare, we don't think about how to get the best out of that that conversation. And so sometimes we inhibit ourselves or we hijack our own ability to get what we, we need, whether it's, um, I want to ask for more money, which is traditionally what people think about negotiation. But then you think, oh, it's not the right time for the company. Am I really worth it? Even, you know, all these things that can even get us to pause for six months or three months. And that in and of itself is creating um, inequities for yourself, like not moving forward. Um, a simple example is, you know, we've all had these great ideas about getting up early to go work out. Yes. And how often does that alarm go off? And you're like, you know, my knee kind of hurts and I'm kind of tired. It'd be better for my mental health. 
by just like, went back to sleep. So yeah. those voices and having that awareness about when, when do you get in your own way? Um, and even taking no, you know, there's a lot of psychological research around no and what that means. Um, it's hard for us to hear. So we don't want to push to hear it because we're uneasy about it. But what people don't realize is people don't like to give it either. But our filter is that our side and not the other side. So just being curious and pushing beyond no, no should be a starting point and lead with curiosity to get more. You never know what is possible until you um, ask why, ask Mm -hmm. for more information or more context or even illuminating in that other person's mind something that you want they might not even realize it because that you've never said it I love that tip there just to push past the no by embracing curiosity so before I even get to that point then what tips and advice do you have for even turning down the mind trash and the self-talk that might stop me from even making my request oh what 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 are some of my tips around that Mm. uh I think being conscious of it having awareness, um, just understanding what's going on with you and what's going on on the other side. And, and even questioning yourself, you know, like, what does that mean? Why am I doing that? What is keeping me from moving forward? Why? And is that real? So sometimes it's talking to somebody else to, to check yourself, um, ensuring that you're not, um, just staying comfortable sometimes. Um, so having that awareness about what's going on there is, um, I I think a really important clue. And then just having awareness about what's going on. But sometimes when I talk to people about negotiation happening around them and them not opting in, you're not even having that awareness. You don't understand that can happen. It could happen with a coworker. I remember one time, my peer came up to me and said, I just want to let you know, I'm going to lead this project and I want to make sure you're on the team with me. And I was like, that was so Mm -hmm. nice of him to think of me. And then once I understood what really happened was he wanted to take the lead on the project and he was making me opt out. He didn't, he wanted me not to put my name in. So he wanted it to be seen by me as a foregone conclusion that he was a leader. Okay. Interesting. So this goes back to your book and the art of negotiation without manipulation is that there can be a dark underbelly Mm -hmm. to negotiation. So what are we going to learn when we read your book? Yeah. Well, I talk about just kind of the process. People don't think about negotiation. We tend to say, oh, we have to negotiate something. And we're like, oh, I'm just going to get in and get out. And they just don't want it. Or it's a, a, an occasion in my career that I need to do it. So I'm going to YouTube all of the tips and tricks the night before so I can be ready. But I talk about in my book, um, kind of the process, you got to have a, 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 you know, kind of your thing. And mine is pace. It's about prepare, aware, close and evaluate. And so my, my, in every conversation you go into using that framework, it can be really powerful, whether it is a high stakes negotiation, a conversation with your peer about that project, um, anything, if you even take time to prepare and think about the outcome that you want, 
We so mm-hmm. often don't think about the outcome of a meeting and what are you driving toward. The more clear and objective that you can be in that moment, the better uh, you'll be equipped to get to that end that you want to get to. Does that so make pre- sense? Yeah. So prepare, aware. What was the C? Close. Close and, and evaluate. evaluate. So yep. pace ourselves when it comes to evaluation. And when you think about the four um, steps that you've outlined there, which do we tend to give the least care and attention to? Is it the prepare at the beginning or is it evaluate or is it the other two? I think it's re- what's interesting about negotiation is that even the best negotiators always want the tips and tricks to be better. It's kind of like like that weight loss. The beginning mm-hmm. of the year, it's always like, oh, what's the silver bullet? What's the book that we need to read to get the right equation to get us there. And negotiation is kind of the same way in a way that if you think about it, every negotiation is different because every deal, every person, there's so much that's, that's different. So having said that, I would say that preparing, they say statistically, the person that prepares will get what they want and be more successful, but we don't do it. Mm -hmm. So just taking the time to think about not just Um, what are the points of leverage? What do I want? Who's going to anchor the the first offer? What are the things I want out? And and really exploring all those things. Also, how am I going to feel in that moment? What if that reaction is surprise from the other side? How is that going to feel versus anger or collaboration or competition? And really thinking about all of the things around preparation, I think that is super important to get really clear about so that when you get in there, nothing is a surprise so you can stay clear-minded and get through to the close. Does that make sense? It does because it's to your point, it's not just the logical what's the right answer or what's the range and what am I willing to give and take. It's also anticipating the emotional reaction when our heart rate is up because to your point, it's high stakes, especially the adrenaline is coursing and our mind is going a million miles an hour. And of course, if somebody says or does something that is either unexpected because I didn't prepare for it, or maybe it's one of the hot buttons that I, I hoped you didn't do, if that derails my ability to be aware and close then I'm undermining so much of the conversation and and the intent behind why we're even coming together in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. So the the key is how can I get myself to be as objective as possible in the moment so that I can really anticipate, not get hijacked by my own emotion or that the other person's and be really clear so that I can get what I what I need, get to the close, and then get better along the way. So what has been most surprising for you is you now are well into this journey as an entrepreneur and now as a published author. What has been most surprising for you in recent times from that learning? That is a, a very is an important question. I think it's really great. Um, I am always amazed at how, you know, that imposter syndrome, self-doubt kind of thing. It just always is there. And it's just a matter of 
what are the ways that I can get myself through? You know, I'm such an extrovert. I love to be with people. So some days I am in my office by myself and I don't have Mm -hmm. a huge team to work with. And that can feel very isolating for me. And so knowing it's challenging to figure out how do I lift myself up and get what I need to move forward. And so that's been, I'm kind of proud of myself. Like I'm such an extrovert as you ask that question and I hear myself, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm realizing what I've learned. And I think that that in and of itself, it's been my career. I got a lot of accolades from people. I got a lot of support, but this is the biggest challenge for me to get that from a place that is myself. So mm-hmm. understanding what those voices mean to me and what I, how I need to recast those to keep me going and feeling empowered to be enough. I love what you shared there. Cause I remember that not just at the beginning of the journey for sky team 16 years ago, But also every day now when we're working in a hybrid environment and therefore, like you, I'm trapped in this, these four walls uh, for much of the day. And to your point, you use the language recast. And I certainly remember having to redefine what it meant to be part of a team. And the team was now even this, this is going to leave me energized. This gives me a little deposit into the people experience. And then the same with the client meetings, the client engagements. So I recognize it's not just me, it's us. And how do we, you, Susie, and me, Morag, how do we make this a fun episode that engages somebody else? And if just one person takes one of the tips, you and I have done our job. Yay. Yes. (laughs) I do feel that way. I feel like if, if one person says to me in that day, you made a difference to me because I was able to do this or conquer this or you know, I use this tip. Oh my gosh. Like, ah, it's all yeah. me. So you go, you lot. sang. You did sing on this episode of <laughs> Tom and Chalk and she let it out. <laughs> and I have a microphone. It's not a, it's not a, a brush. Yeah, you sounded fabulous. All right. So as we come towards the end of our time together in this episode, what final thoughts do you have for people watching or listening this episode in terms of how they can elevate their negotiation game? Uh, one is uh, ask more. Ask more so that you hear no more and get really comfortable with that. And then if that feels scary, just look at it as, a uh, like I said earlier, about being curious. I think that's uh, one. I'm going to give you more than one. Um, that's one. Um, and also just understanding what's around you, being aware of, um, thinking about negotiation and how it's happening around you. So you have that awareness and then show up differently. I, one of the fun, like party tips that I think I like to leave with people is silence is really powerful. And if you insert it, even with people that know you really well, especially with people that know you really well, and you insert insert it in times that they don't expect. Like, say what you mean and stop. Or bef- right after they make a point, insert silence. You'll see a change in the way they interact with you because the people that you know the best, you get used to this kind of regular cadence. And silence in a negotiation can create so much opportunity because you hear what's going on in that person's head. 
because somebody's got to break the silence. And so if you think about it as being a good listener is inserting silence. So that's a fun one to play with. I I love that. The power of the pause, the power of silence so that you can hear not just your own thoughts, but you can hear what others are thinking and that can help you move it forward. So Susie, great, great conversation today. How can people learn more about you, your book and the work that you are doing? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Susie Tomanchuk. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, and on Instagram as well. Um, I do have kind of a, a freebie cheat sheet and it gets you on my distribution. So you can stay on it if you want to or not, or just take the freebie. Um, but it's called negotiationlove.com. It's the, the, the easy way to get there. So you don't have to learn how to spell Tom and Chuck. So if you just go to negotiation love then you can get the freebie and and you can get to all of my stuff and everybody should love negotiation. So that's where it comes from. I'm going to leave that as the final words. Everyone should love negotiation. Susie, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you, Morag. It was my pleasure. It was great to be here. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at infoskyteam.com. That's S K Y E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today, and remember, Business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.